Hey man, it's Dog Eat Dog in this rat race. So, now that we're muchachos, thank you for tuning into Seaside Pod Review, a podcast about the music of Queen. I'm Randy, that's Kevin. Once a week, we gather to discuss random songs from the catalog of one of the most diverse bands in rock and roll history. Brand new angle, highly commendable. Seaside Pod Review. Seaside Pod Review. Give us a kiss, Kevin. Seaside Pod Review. I'm not giving you a kiss. Hey, Kevin. Hello. Hello. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, man. How are you? Yeah, not bad. So, I uh, think we should do another Queen podcast, or what's what do you got going on? Oh, gee, really? Already? Didn't we just do one last week? Pretty sure. Pretty sure. And Santa oh. came, and he left, and uh, I'm sure he would want it that way. Oh, the big, the fat man came, that's right. What did the fat man bring you? Did he bring you anything interesting? Uh, just a credit card bill. <laughs> just a credit card bill with uh, interest. But what an absolute bastard! How about you? you? Oh, did you get something exciting? You might have got Revolver from looking at the Twitter feed here. I did. My Karen got me the Revolver um, vinyl box set, which is, you know, I that album's it's my favorite Queen, uh, favorite Beatles album, and I could make an argument. I know there's arguments for Sgt. Pepper and White Album, but or even Rubber Soul, but to me, that's the one that it's just that perfect point in time where they were all sort of unshackled from sort of being the fab four and the mop top kids from liverpool and they kind of got license now to go and be creative in their own individual ways and put out this amazing record full of just very unique songs and it's you know it's eclectic and it doesn't flow at all but it's just a masterpiece and like tomorrow never knows man alone would be jesus christ i mean that song's ridiculous it's one one chord and you've got that weird sort of <laughs> hip-hop breakbeat that ringo's playing years before that was a thing it's just, it's just incredible yeah yeah no that's good stuff it turns out now. Uh, <clears throat> I'm not sure if anybody's done any studies on this, but it turns out that the Beatles were a fairly talented group of individuals. I've yeah. been told they had a few tricks up their sleeve for sure. Yeah. And it's funny too because so the 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 box set has the the mono mix. Like it's a they've done that AI thing that they did with Get Back where they've separated out the tracks so they can actually hear them. But they've got a new mono mix, which is you know I always like the the original mix, but they've done a stereo mix as well by separating these parts out. And it's funny, it's one of those things that. When you listen through at first, it's like, okay, well, no, this is, I don't really see any difference, but you just notice really, really small things. And yeah. it's one of those things like an album like Revolver, I'm sure there's albums that you're the same with, maybe even Revolver, where you know it like the back of your hand. And it's not to say that when someone says that to me, that's always, it doesn't mean that you know every single feature of it, but as soon as something's different on the back of your hand, you see it immediately. You just notice it immediately. And it's one of those where I can just hear little things that you think, fuck, yeah, that's pretty cool. I've never noticed that before. Or they've changed the dynamic or something's brought up a little bit or, you know, it just, it's super cool that they were able to do it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that cool? Yeah. Uh, I always, you know, First and foremost, I want to hear the way the artist intended it to be heard. Yeah. But, you know, given all these years later, yeah, it's pretty amazing that we still have all these tapes and the methodology to, you know, put them into the digital realm and we can all listen to them and remix them and, you know. Yeah. On the booklet's great. It's got all the photos in there and all the sort of the chatter about it. And it's there's a really good intro by Questlove, the the drummer. Um, yeah. yeah, brilliant. Really, really loved it. And then I picked up some more records um, yesterday from it's our local not... independent record store. Okay, so you don't you don't mean 
Questlove, the accountant in downtown Saskatoon. No, 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 not that Questlove. Oh, That's a different Questlove. Because right away, and it was good. I'm glad that you pointed out Questlove, the drummer, because I was confused. Well, I think they get mistaken for each other quite a lot too, right? Well, I would imagine. Because Questlove, yeah. the accountant downtown, is five foot three, very, very white, yeah, and small. You know, like I was, yeah. what is he, four foot 11, that guy? Really, really small. So you can see how people get them confused. Well, no one, but I think really, I think it's really more on the other end. It's it's Questlove the drummer that gets mistaken for Questlove the accountant more. Would that he were, you know? Oh, uh, hey, Kev. So, you know, last week we had We Are the Champions, which uh, given our, uh, uh, the way we rate songs, clearly we, you know, you know, I think a that We Are the Champions is clearly a champion. Uh, but we did still do our Twitter poll. And what are the results, Kev? Well, it's not unanimous. So 87.5% champion, but 12.5% bite the dust, bites the dust. So, and I don't know, I, I don't know. So yeah, I mean, Paul Bradbury, journal Paul B says, absolutely no question, as near to perfect as an anthem gets, an upward key change into the choruses and 6-8 time, making it ideal for swaying arms. I doubt Freddie did either of those things by accident. And yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. It is a perfect anthem. Like, how, yeah. do, you, how do you downvote this? And if, even if you don't love the song, you've got to admire the fact that it's essentially a three minutes of perfect pop music right yeah yeah and i it's, I like that he pointed out that it was six eight time because i neither one of us made mention of that uh but that is cool uh you know it's probably you know that and three quarter time or the second yeah. most uh second most used time in signatures but still i mean who doesn't like a nice six eight swing right absolutely and so i'd mentioned i'd commented on i'd replied to that and said that you know i Freddie didn't do things by accident and you, you know the, we'll get to a little bit of studio chatter uh, a little bit later in this thread but I also remembered listening when I was listening back to it that boom bah bah boom where uh, Roger does a fill but he sort of does a kick snare snare and then snare kick like he inverts it for the second yeah. phrase which again is just super cool it's just those those really super inventive little details that are, they're not yeah. accidental probably they were played through on a, on a take and someone said ah next time we go through make sure you put that in you know because yeah. those things have to come up but of course and then, uh, yeah, so uh, Leighton Brown responded to me and said, yeah, that's one of the highlights of the song, plus live when Roger takes the long of the world vocal line. And, of course, you know, we listened to the live version, and it, Freddie obviously didn't have that super high register most of the time when he was singing because of his, his throat issue, so Roger would do that. But um, PJ, New Mercury, our buddy New Mercury, sent a link that I hadn't heard this before, the Raw Sessions version was released in 2017, and we both listened to this um, offline before we came on. Really interesting, hey? Mm-hmm. Very cool. Uh, sounds to me like maybe the drums and the bass, like, you know, the the rhythm tracks, the sound like they're all the same, but it's definitely a different vocal take. And there's definitely a lot of the guitars different with a lot more of a bluesy Brian May, I would say. Yeah, I got that too. And I think I would, I would I'd say that I would say the same thing. I think probably because obviously the harmonies are in there and this is not just a, it's not a one take, Jake, but my guess is that this was Freddie playing this through, singing it and, and playing and then using that, plus, or, or maybe just even just singing it, but and then using a, a, some alternate takes that Brian did on guitar, and then putting those over the top of that bass track. But anyways, it's it's really cool because, like I said, there's definitely some different phrasings in the vocal. There's definitely yeah a lot of licks. There's licks missing early on, and there's some harmonies missing early on, and you get all these different things. And it's yeah, maybe you can answer this too, Randy. Like you, you know, when you listen through that, and there's all these different guitar licks in there, and you wonder why some guitar licks make it where others don't. Now, I mean. You know, we're always going to say that all the guitar licks in We're the Champions, the ones they kept are the best ones, just because we've heard those for years and years and years and they're sort of ingrained. But 
some of the stuff he was playing on this alternate take was pretty fucking tasty. You know, so what's your selection process? when you, Is it just, I'll pick that one, or that feels right, or I can remember how to play that on stage live? <laughs> what's your criteria? Oh, well, I'm, yeah, I'm sure there's probably probably all of those things come to play, but, uh, uh, you know, and or he could have just, you know, he could have just, they could have ran the tape and he did, he did like three takes and then they comp them all together. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you caught this in this version here that we, uh, the raw sessions version, but there was definitely one line where the guitar stepped on the vocal. And, you know, that's kind of a, the sort of thing that you would, you know, you want to edit out in your comps. So, yeah. you know, so that, and that could be that, that's what this could be too. And of course I don't know. And maybe PJ does know, but uh, this, this could be, this could be the bed track that they laid everything on top of. And these are, this is just an alternate, an alternate take that maybe was just about the one they released. And then like, ah, oh, you know what guys, let's tighten this up. Let's yeah. get rid of that lick that stands on his line. And, oh, Hey, you know, there's Brian, you know, those, the, all those licks are just too bluesy. Let's get to stay away from the blues or, right. or, or, or a whole host of, you know, reasons and reasonings. Well, I can't remember exactly what Freddie said at the end, but he, you know, said, "Oh, that, that's 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 beautiful. That's that's feel that feels yeah. right." You know, and I love that kind of, yeah. you know, this idea that you it, like maybe maybe it was this was the scratch track, or maybe it was like yeah, like you said, just a let's run through it, see where it goes, and see what we need to change later. But the fact that he gets to the end of it and knows that yeah, that's that, that's the the core of how it should sound. We got it. That's that's how it should sound. You know. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's definitely cool to hear the. Cool to hear the guys talk off. Yeah, behind behind the curtain. See behind the curtain. Exactly. Brilliant. Uh, back to Twitter. Darren Hallowell says, definitely champion. I heard an interview that it was written at the opera sessions. Wonder how different it might have been. So that's kind of interesting because that's two mm -hmm. albums back of the one it was released on. So obviously there's Day in the, Day at the Races in between. So I don't, yeah. I, I'd have to do some digging on that and find out if we could see if there's any veracity to that claim. Yeah. And out there, if you're listening, if you, if you have any background on that or history on that, let us know. Please. Uh, Dieter, my chameleon days. Uh, if you vote for Bites the Dust, you're dead inside. I just agree <laughs> wholeheartedly. Oh, and a second person also sent the um, uh, the studio session version. So, yeah. Cool. Nice. So, yeah, so people are busy. People are busy, Randy, over Christmas. So I think that's why they're not, uh, why they haven't been chatting quite as much on Twitter. But also, as you said, as we were offline, like, the fuck else do you say about this? I mean, we, it's one of, it's our longest episode. Yeah, God only knows how that happened because it's, you know, it's a song that doesn't need to be beaten to death anymore. So, Yet we did. But you know what we should do? What's that, Kev? We should pick another song to play. And you know what we should do is you should tell people, how do we pick these random songs, Randy? What do we do? Well, I'll tell you how this works, people. Uh, our good friend Kevin here put together a wheel of every single Queen song that was ever written. And that wheel spins. And uh, when he clicks the button, we're just going to get a song at random. And then we're just going to talk about it. And, you know, as uh, has been discussed earlier, Kev knows these guys quite well. Uh, and I think I do too, but not uh, not a deep dive Queen fan. So uh, sometimes these are the first time I'm hearing these. So uh, why don't we see what happens, Kev? I was just going to say too that, you know, that, that spinning the wheel and picking a random song in a catalog of an artist is, is a completely unique idea. Um, I really should probably trademark it because no one's ever done this before. Well, other than this uh, Van Halen well, podcast that I stole it lock, stock and fucking borrow from just, you know. Well, as you can say, would, rock. would this would this work? <laughs> would this work good for like say Van Halen? <laughs> I suspect it would. Someone should do that. Someone should. Look. You know, I've got this. I've got a friend in Weyburn, um, Corey Morris. Mm. I should set him on it. Yeah, yeah see what he thinks about it. I'll give him a time machine and get him to go back about a year, and he can start it based on my idea. That's so perfect. We'll do it. 
I believe he owns a DeLorean. Anything you kind of think and you'd like to hear? Because I've got something that I want to listen to tonight. So I was going to, I was wondering if you've got something that you'd like to listen to. Yeah. No, you know what? Uh, I, I think I said it a, an episode or two back, but uh, I just want to hear something. I want to hear something I, I've never heard. I want to hear something that's polarizing, something that some people love and then others hate. And uh, that's that's what I want, I'm hoping for tonight. Yeah, we've we, we got to start disagreeing more. Yes. And tension, what, what about you? tension, Randy, tension in the podcast is what we need. Um, I would like to listen to Headlong from Innuendo. So All that's right. what I am. I'm going to manifest as hard as I can. And hopefully we get headlong from innuendo because it's uh, gonna it, it's gonna be whenever we do get to cover it, it's gonna be a fun episode. So let's fingers crossed that we get it tonight. So get your manifest on. All right, give me a number between one and four hundred twenty-eight million, and that's how many times I'm gonna shuffle. So keep it low. <laughs> three, <laughs> one, <laughs> two, three. There we go. Shuffled. All right, let's see what we get. Mesmer- mesmerizing when you see it kind of shuffling around and we're going around. We're getting potentially. Oh. Well, you know what? It's um it's not headlong from innuendo. No. But it is a third track from News of the World. What are we getting, Randy? Who needs you? I can say this. Uh from the title, I don't know that I've know I know it. Excellent. That's what we wanted. We wanted a song you didn't know. So, you know, we can't complain that we've got it, so we won't. This is the point in the podcast where Randy and Kevin open various browser tabs and frantically Google various facts and miscellany in order to sound knowledgeable and well-researched. In the interest of time, this has been condensed into a short, but we think, pithy announcement. Goodbye. So from what I'm reading here, Andy, this was recorded on July 27th, 1977 at Basing Street Studios in London. Hmm, that's a long time ago, Kev. I was born. I was definitely born at that point. And you know, many of our listeners won't want to be Randy because, I mean, our demographic is mainly the sort of the 16 to 23-year-old market. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> I'm really quite certain that it is. We've got a, we're big in the Afro-Caribbean market. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those uh, the millennials and the Gen Zers just love us. They love a bit of Queen. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so Kev, you know, it looks like this was written by uh, what'd you call him, Deaky? Deaky, <laughs> <laughs> which uh, I quite like. So yeah, so he wrote it, uh, and it was their first foray into Latin music, uh, and it looks like it was really developed in the studio uh deacon says the that arose spontaneously in the studio i wrote it with the help of of an acoustic guitar and it turned out to lend itself perfectly to that approach and he says he goes on says we've also done a reggae-like version our songs change constantly when we're in the studio which is pretty interesting would be pretty cool to track down the the reggae version or the the reggae version of, of this and i haven't even heard it yet so when I think once once it starts, you'll once I've read that, it's like, yeah, I could kind of see why that would have been a direction they might have tried. I can see it. I think it's better in the well, who's used to say, but I, I like the uh, the style they went with. But I can see why the feel of it lends itself to a bit of bit of Reggie. Yeah, yeah. And who doesn't like a little bit of Reggie? Well, you even you even named your dog Reggie. I did. You're right. For that very reason, I suspect. 
And so, uh, so I think it's worth mentioning here too that Mike Stone, uh, along with Queen, produced this. And Mike Stone was obviously, or not, I guess not obviously, was the engineer. I think Queen probably does their best stuff when they have a an outside producer working with them. I was reading here on, I was looking here on Wiki too, by the way, sorry. Uh, there was a reissue in 2011, remastered and expanded. Did you, have you ever listened to that yourself? Well, you know. Of the whole album. You know, Randy, oh, I I think I've said this to yeah I've said this to you before. Like I, it, I, I love obviously I grew up with Queen. It's my band. They're my they're my guys. I didn't keep up with them after you know fuck I don't know like after Innuendo and Made in Heaven came out and I sort of I wasn't as deep into them. Maybe after that point, as I started growing up and finding different bands and different music. So no, I, I mean the short answer is no. I I haven't gone back and listened to that, but um, I really really ought to. And I will. Yeah. So yeah, so this was the only album that was produced by Mike Stone, which is interesting. And I think that it's one that, you know, obviously engineered and produced by Mike Stone and one that sonically is, you know, the songs themselves are favorites in the in the Queen canon and, and fans often cite this is one of their favorite albums and it's definitely mine. And I think part of that is definitely the way it sounds. Like it, sonically, it sounds fucking great front to back. Interesting that they had such uh, success with this album and... Uh, what at least two of their largest hits I'm sure of their careers and they never went back to work with Mike again that's yeah okay well you know what you've never heard this so do you want to hear some of it do you want to hear what it sounds like Randy no you know what kind of busy kind of busy oh what are you doing oh I'm just in the middle of a podcast here oh shit sorry well I'll um I'll send this to you if you have a listen to it later you can get back to me and tell me all your thoughts oh great and I can yeah. splice them into my... I can pretend that we're doing... You know what? It's going to be easy if we just play it now. Okay. All right. I'm here now, so let's All do right. it. Fuck it. So... Feel, feel wise. What do you think? Oh yeah, I love it so far, and uh, and I had read somewhere in the in the wiki or whatever that, uh, uh, and I mean I love it. So the the vocals panned right and the guitar panned left. I love that. It makes it feel so old school. Hey, yeah, and hard, 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 right? Like there's nothing in the left. If you take your, yeah. there's nothing in that left channel with the vocal, which is super cool, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't. I mean, I don't. I'm listening on studio monitors. Yeah, uh, but I can't even hear a, a reverb bouncing over which is a technique that some people use. So maybe they kept that vocal just dry and, and, and kept the reverb on the one side. Yeah, so far, so good, man. There's probably there's a little bit of a, a little bit of a lick here, but it's funny. Like Queen are this huge, fucking bombastic powerhouse of a let's put a million tracks on it, a million overdubs, and yet when they strip everything right back and come up with this, Freddie's voice, Brian and John playing guitars can carry a whole song. You don't need the you don't need to throw the kitchen sink at everything. You just need to throw as much of the kitchen as the song needs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and uh, worth noting for anybody who doesn't look up the wiki page that it is John Deacon playing the acoustic 
uh, on the left, I do believe. So, uh, so he's yeah, he's playing the rhythm. A little bit of flamenco there, hey? Tasty licks, man. Tasty licks. Love it. thinking so they said like it's an acoustic song but you can definitely hear there's an electric guitar in there isn't that cool i was just gonna say i love that muted subdued electric just playing that little counter melody and behind it that's i love that yeah very cool and that's and yeah it, yeah it is acoustic but you know primarily but yeah that's definitely uh it's definitely electric guitar Just probably get some a bit more Brian May. I love the. We haven't talked about the lyrics at all in this one, and it's a, it's a really good lyric. It's a super good lyric. But I love those mixed metaphors. It's dog eat dog in this rat race. Like that's just a yeah. nice little blend of the two two species, you know, an interspecies reference. I was going to add to. Uh, so there's there's uh, quite a few things that make Queen sound like Queen, uh, the signature things, uh, and that backing vocal that. Uh, uh, that Freddie just did is one of those things. It's like, oh, okay, oh hey, this is Queen. You could have you could have somebody else singing the lead, and then have that come in. And it's like, oh well, this is a Queen song. Yeah, uh, signature. And I, and I mean, I love it. I love it. And that's why I love Queen so much. I like to because you know, with that panning because it is panned so hard, it's almost like having the stems right. You can, it's like, you know, you could we could pull out the left and right channels and isolate them through uh, through audition or through. What's that weird one you use? That 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 weird software package that you use that no one else does. What's it called again? <laughs> Pro, Pro, tools. Pro, Pro Tools. Yeah, they're not fucking no one uses Pro Tools. But you could do that and you could really listen to it. I mean, I think because it is completely isolated, you really get how crisp that acoustic guitar is and how beautifully that's recorded. Like it's mm. really just captured like it's like you're sitting next to him and he's playing it. It's like the nylon is slapping you in the face yourself. <laughs> fucking great <laughs> that's a, that's a sweet solo that's really nice yeah and uh it doesn't look like there's any you know i just pulled up a chord chart here it doesn't look like mm -hmm. there's too nutty of chords over top of it but yes brilliant yeah i love it it's again it's the sort of brian may was always really good we've, and we've talked about this now i think probably on the podcast even before where it's not just throwing shit at the wall and see what shit sticks like there's definitely some Okay, I'm going to sit down and, and this bit needs those little trills at the end where he's playing those triplets and quad, you know, those little trills. It's like, okay, well, don't put those in early. I'll add those in. That's the flourish to finish that section. And it's kind of all, it's it's almost like it's mapped out where he's got like a, this needs this and this is where this will happen, blah, 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 blah. Where he really thinks through his solos and doesn't just, he's not just shredding, right? Which this song wouldn't work with anyway, but. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I would like to know his process because 
uh some guitar players like i've said before they'll 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 fly at it and take four solos and then leave it to the engineer to slice it together and dice it together and there's your guitar solo uh and then the next guy uh like you say will just you know note for note plan it meticulously until he can play it flawlessly you know without without any touch-ups uh and and i suspect i suspect that's brian's uh method which is better i mean who knows yeah well it's just a preference thing right for sure as long What's as the, the it's, it's that thing as long as the thing that comes out the other end is right this we you know i think we've talked about this and when we've sat down drinking unnecessary amounts of beer that there's no real like oh that's cheating it was, well Okay, but you know, you use whatever tools are going to get you to the finish line. It's the finish line that's important. How you get there with with the studio composition. Now, live is a different matter. I think for certainly as for me, but in the studio, what all the tricks you need, whatever you need to do to get the thing to sound the way you want it to sound, use them. Exactly. Yeah, that's uh, what the studio is there for. I was going to say uh, just further to my my other point. I would say the reason that I think that, and this is just speculation. The reason I think that Brian is a, a solo. A, a, planned solo lead player is because he plays so much in, in with harmonies and stuff that you can't just you can't be off the cuff and then and then try to you know do a harmony after i mean you can but then it's just it's just miserable it takes forever and <laughs> but but if you just plan it out then then you'll know so maybe to a point he's playing uh he's just you know divine inspiration and then you know whenever he hits this bit then okay hey this is we're gonna play a c and then we're gonna you know what i mean and of course, I don't know that for sure. Pure speculation. Well, it's great that, you know, I think with John John Deacon, I know obviously didn't play guitar on tons of Queen songs, but played on a handful, like just, uh, you know, rhythm or, or six strings rather than four. But it's kind of cool that you get this, these two, you know, because Brian May could have played the rhythm section on that as well. He could have played the rhythm guitar, no problem, and it would have sounded great. But you do get those then contrasting styles, right? Because John Deacon's not going to play that He's not going to strum exactly the same way. He's not going to play it exactly the same way yeah. that Brian made us. So you get again that different dynamic in. Yeah. Yeah. Which is uh which is good. that i was just looking at the vocal bands great but i was going to say uh, roger taylor too playing the side stick right in the kick drum just just keeping it real keeping a nice little meter there yeah very cool and uh that was i don't know if you heard that on the on i think it was on the left there pretty sweet little <laughs> little guitar like there oh yeah those little those ascending and descending runs like it's those so you're talking about earlier where, where we were talking about um we're the champions where okay maybe you're going to pick this take because the lead that you were playing clashes with the vocal but these ones, and they're mixed pretty high. I mean, that, that guitar is really, again, we've got that panning. It makes, it's really present, but it doesn't interfere with the vocal at all. And I think it's because you've got, that's in double time, but the vocals kind of stick in, in a different meter. So you don't get that. They're not both taking up the same sonic space, right? Which is, that's really important when you're putting those things together. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> Okay, conspiracy theory. Yeah. 
So oh. obviously this is a, you know, a, a kind of, it sounds like he's a working class dude and he's fallen for this upper class broad and she's, you know, he's naive and she's kind of a little bit too much for him. I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to just come right out and say, I think Billy Joel stole this idea for Uptown Girl. And there, there you go. <laughs> There's my conspiracy theory. Well, you know, <laughs> you, you... <laughs> The style, uh, the style too of the song, you know, it's it's been done before. It is, they didn't they didn't invent this style. <laughs> I was getting a little almost a little more than words there for just this just the right. briefest just the briefest second there, but you know, but better. Well, I mean, an extreme were massive Queen fans, obviously hugely influenced by Queen. You know, yeah, never heard that so. there's that electric guitar again in the lead out yeah well and doesn't it sound a bit like uh he's emulating a steel hey or 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 possibly uh you know a hawaiian yeah you know, sort of style and i love i was just going to mention too that uh that outro with uh you know with that with that bit of the chord change at the end there really gives it a, a nice lift again just concise hey just like super lean really cool and again, the production on it's fantastic because that separation of the sound just changes the dynamic of the whole song. Still, be a great song if it wasn't done. If that wasn't, if it was, you know, the, if it was everything was more centered, it would still sound great. But it really yeah. gives you a different listening experience when you have that. So, yeah. Well, and like I said, to me, uh, to me, it just it just speaks to the old fifties, sixties music when they did, you know, what's what stereo mix. You know, they weren't concerned about a stereo mix. Yeah, in those days. It, it you know it didn't matter they wanted a mono mix and so when when the stereo mixing mixing came about it's like well what do we do with this i don't know let's put the drums on the left and <laughs> the guitars on the right and 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 to me it, it's a it's a bit of a throwback to that so it gives yeah. it sort of a little more of a vintage sort of feel than you know if they would have just panned everything down, down the center or you know yeah and it's funny because panning is a fun thing to do right and it, and it can be overdone too sometimes like you, you don't want to do it all the time but i remember the first time that i kind of caught on to the fact that when you we record and when you record my songs and you know when you do your own too like with the drum kit because all the drums are individually mic'd the snare of the hi-hats here and and i can it's almost like i'm watching the stage the snares there and it's this is on this side that's on that side so you can sort of hear as if you're listening to it's, it's visual you can hear it you can hear it visually if that makes sense it's, it's super cool right that ability to be able to do that yeah, it does. It puts it in a puts it in a place, puts it in a place and whatnot. So, uh, I just this is just a for humor's sake here. Uh, I was reading the tab here just to get the the chords and and whatnot. And uh, someone here says, uh, "Oh, it's too hard for me." LOL. <laughs> and then someone commented, "I believe John Deacon played the guitar on this one, so that would mean it was too hard for Brian May to play." This <laughs> LOL. <laughs> So obviously it's a joke, but I just thought that was really quite funny. <laughs> oh, that's great! Can you? I mean, that, no, that would be funny. Brian yeah, John's Brian's like, ah, like, oh, yeah. shit! I don't know. I, I I can't play F sharp sus four. You can't. All right, hey, John, you do it. Yeah. Or, or Brian Brian's fumbling through it. John's like, no, 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 Brian, no, 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 you, no. At this position, second position. 
It's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck, I'll just do it myself. Fuck, Jesus Christ. <laughs> C-sharp minor seven, me. <laughs> I wonder though, like, because, you know, we went, when we started this, when we were looking on the Queen uh, song by songbook, as this was developed in the studio, and Brian said, or uh, John said that he essentially sort of, I think, sounds like he wrote this on acoustic guitar. So probably he, he might have had the main structure of that sort of the rhythm guitar essentially done, right? And so, yeah. hey, guys, sit down. What have you got yeah. to add to this? And this is where Brian might have just been noodled and Freddie would have tried singing it a couple of different ways and get that falsetto and Freddie right in his mid-range where he's never belting. He's never, you know, it's just yeah. that super clean, smooth delivery. Yeah, it's really, uh, it really feels like it's in Freddie's natural voice where he's not stretching, he's not pushing, which obviously he can do quite well, but it just sounds like it's in his natural, natural singing voice. And, and it's so nice to hear that. And I just looked, Randy, according to setlistfm.fm, at least, um, which isn't authoritative always, but it's usually fairly close. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't look like they ever played this one live. Well, yeah, I can see that. Can you imagine uh, the size of shows they were playing at this time? Yeah. <laughs> to, to pull out a, an acoustic guitar and, you know, or a few acoustics and, you know, probably logistically it would have been a, a, a challenging thing to do. I mean, not to say that they couldn't have clearly, but you know, almost a little bit surprising that they didn't do something like this on the jazz tour because they did do Dreamers Ball and they did some of those songs that are a little bit, they are a little bit quirky and they are a little bit off kilter. And you know, when they did Thirty Nine, you know, quite often Brian would sort of, you know, Roger would come out and just have like the 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 bass drum and he kind of just hit it with his with a with a what do they call those things mallet. You know, all those they had those little bits where they would do things like that. And because it's such a great song, it's a little bit surprising maybe that it didn't get an outing, but, you know, oh well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, before we get into um, really sort of giving our opinion on the song, which we, we, we kind of talked about this a little bit, is we, we really should just vote first so we don't sort of give away the farm, Randy. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you don't want to sell out the farm, right? That's a good title for a song. Someone should write a song called Sold Out the Farm, you know? Yeah, someone probably should get on that. Someone should get on that right away. Yeah, um, so... so it's a little, almost an unqueeny thing in some ways, where it doesn't really sound. It's not a big rock anthem. It's not a stadium filler. We just said it's not played live. Um, but is this one? Is this one one of the champions for you, Randy, or is this one going to bite the dust? What do you think, my friend? Well, Kev, uh, this is definitely the first time I've heard this. I, I don't remember ever hearing it. Just it's not. It's not anywhere in the back of my brain or anything. But for me. So no, Kevin, uh, I I know you've heard this song before. This is one of your favorite albums. Uh, so where do you rate this song? We are the champions, my friends. And it's funny because it comes, side two of News of the World is really, really, really cool. So side one, you've got... You know, you've got We Were Rock, You Were the Champions. You've also got Sheer Heart Attack, which is a fucking banger. And then you've got Spread Your Wings, which is a huge single, a brilliant song. And it's it's kind of more or less, I mean, there's one song on there that's a little bit slow, but it's more or less like a big rock side. The second side gets really interesting on this album. And it's this is like a bit of a palate cleanser between one of my all-time, or before one of my all-time favorite Queen songs, a deep cut that probably haven't heard either. Or maybe I might have sent that one to you, actually. But, but anyways, I like it as a sort of a as a mood piece you know that little bit of we're going to drop the mood back off you can dim your lights now grab a glass of wine 
sit next to you, honey. And it's one of those kinds of cool songs, even though it really is an acerbic lyric. And, you know, just who needs you? It's basically go fuck yourself. You know, it's John Deacon. John Deacon sitting in a pew at the church of go fuck yourself, Randy, you know? <laughs> and I got to say, I can respect anybody that goes to the church of go fuck yourself. It's, uh, it's a great church. It's a uh, really nice. Uh, <laughs> it's very welcoming. Ironically, very welcoming. Uh, I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I, so first of all, I'm a sucker for the sort of the, you know, the novelty songs of of almost any every band. I those generally the ones I, I don't know for whatever reason it is, yeah. I always gravitate towards those. Uh, and this is just another one of those. I mean, you know, in the way that Seaside Rendezvous was an odd song for them this is an odd song for them yeah and uh and 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 to my ear you know it, it just really hits all the right notes it just feels good it just uh i i makes me want to listen to it again right away and just catch all those other little bits bits and bobs that we didn't you know we didn't hear first time through it's a good point like and they were always the, they were always the songs that i latched onto as a kid as well right because you know once you get past we were right you with the champions and all those and i you get you, you know, again, sheer outside just really gets your blood pumping and your adrenaline up. But it's the little, yeah, it's those really weird sort of very specific songs that you think, that's just cool. That's just really cool. And they're, they're the songs that you would go to your friends and say, hey, you know, Queen, or oh, another one bites the dust. And, yeah, no, no, listen to this one. Listen to this song. This is like super cool. It's super different, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what I think. And that's what, especially if you're interested in, in a band, that's what gives them longevity and depth yeah and uh i i might have made this point earlier i'm not sure but you know it, you know it, it sounds like the kind of song that on repeated listens is still going to give you more uh and that's just always the mark of of great you know songwriting performance engineering uh all, all of that kind of stuff and, and i am going to listen to this after and i am going to try and pick up some of those little tidbits that i missed uh the first time as we're stopping and talking and blah 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 so yeah and that's Again, one of the things that really drew me to this band was it wasn't all one speed. It wasn't, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I love ACDC and I love lots of bands that are sort of do, they do one thing really well. You know, the Stones were a bit one speed early in their career. It was, it all was more or less blues rock. And it's fine. It's, that's great, whatever. But a band that can throw in these little weird anomaly songs here and there are great. And it's, I think, one of the things that maybe on those later albums where people, you know, the sort of the, the nerd fans don't have maybe quite as much love for the 80s stuff as they do for the 70s stuff is they stopped doing that to an extent. Now, after, like after Heart Space, I said, there weren't as many of those really quirky left field songs that you just didn't see coming. You know, they didn't take yeah. that really hard left turn ever. Like it was more, they did take some chances, they experimented with different sounds, but it wasn't the same as this. There was nothing like this on a miracle or a kind of magic or, you know, any of those albums. They just, they lost that kind of, real sense of well fuck it let's do a fucking reggae song then you know well and you know what you know final comment what what i think about this too is that it has that organic feel you know uh maybe some of those later albums i know they got into synths and stuff and and not to say that you can't you know write synth music organically but this just sounds like john says hey hey guys i got this lick here do you know what i mean yeah you yeah, know, yeah. It, go, it goes like this you know and i got kind of a bit of a melody and they just kind of oh hey this is and they're excited and they kind of you know threw it together real quick and and they're all really happy with their labors and that's just what it sounds like to me yeah. on the outside and it couldn't be completely the opposite but that's the way it comes across and i think that's what makes it feel so good because it feels like they you know they're enjoying it and it, and it feels like you know so in turn yeah 
the listener enjoys it. Joyful. I think that's the word, right? It's just got that yeah. sort of sense of sort of fun about it. And it doesn't sound over. It doesn't sound like they've beating their heads against the wall all night trying to get it right. It sounds, yeah, like probably, you know, three, four takes. There you go. Awesome. Brilliant. Yeah. Next next song. Who's got another one? You know? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be done this album and uh, <laughs> we'll be done this album yeah. tomorrow, boys, at this rate. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, if you look at the recording date in this book, it says July 27th. So this was, you know, one day in and out. You can, and those, you get those songs where bands do that. They'll get it in, they just get it right. It comes quickly. It comes naturally. Everything sort of falls into place and you just get it done. You get it, you get through it, you know? Exactly. Yeah, cool. Well, I mean, I'm yeah, I'm glad we got a song that you hadn't heard before. I'm glad it was off News of the World. Um, because again, I think it's a great album. As soon as it came up, I was like, awesome. I know Randy's gonna love the guitar in this. Yeah. Um, it's gonna be interesting to listen to. And again, I'd kind of forgotten how that it was really sort of panned hard left and right. And so when you listen, because I'm listening to under headphones, obviously, for, for the listeners, um, it really stands out. And I mean, obviously, you've got a great studio monitor, so as a producer, you can really hear that too. So it's it's just like I said, everything about this song's Different, cool, very mellow. Again, a great lyric. Like it's such a cool lyric. It's very cool. Yeah, it's it's very well written. You, sp- I love that that line. You little spoiled thing, girl. You kept me waiting. It's just, that's a nice. It's got a bounce to it, right? It's got that rhythmic yeah. bounce. Even even John Deacon, obviously being a bass player, he's even got he's, he's even got a rhythm in mind when he's writing his lyrics. The the, the the number of syllables and how you put them together. And cool. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, I I I'm like I said, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm really. It's a cool song. Um, any last thoughts on who needs you, Randy? Yeah, you know what? I I uh, I just would would just say that uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I think it's I think it's a, a super fun tune, uh, performed brilliantly, like we expect from Queen. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. If you guys have any inside information, please let us know. Yeah, come talk to us at Queen Seaside. I mean, this will all be in the the end furniture when you know the stuff there is some stuff folks well let's peek behind the curtain there we don't record the outro live you know it's, there's a reason why it sounds clean every time it's because we just randy does that afterwards right so um come talk to us on at queen seaside on twitter uh you can find us um at seaside pod review on facebook um and we love hearing your thoughts and corrections they're always uh, appreciated too again we sort of have this set up as i'm the you know not the expert but the more knowledgeable but there's more i don't know than i know by a fucking million million miles so come talk to us we do not pretend to know everything and uh, yes so with any well you know kevin pretends but <laughs> we acknowledge that he doesn't know everything <laughs> so if you guys do know anything about anything more about what we're talking about and even and even other things too like you know how to really you know properly cook a turkey just let us know in the comments when you'll, you'll know randy like you know my wife she'll she'll tell you she'll, she'll give you chapter and verse on what i don't know <laughs> and she's absolutely right there's volumes <laughs> all right folks well you know what you have a, a marvelous new year's i guess because this will be going out just before the new year's eve um, don't get too drunk or if you are getting too drunk don't drive um, stay safe and I guess yeah well, should we do this again next week Randy what do you think let's see if we can squeeze it in Kev you know what we should do too is we should get someone else on to do the next one with us let's invite someone sure alright okay well you have a good night you too top of the charts alrighty then thanks for listening but I have got work for you Go check out our social media and let us know what you think about Queen. Go! Do it now! You can find us on Facebook at Seaside Pod Review and on Twitter at Queen Seaside. 
Don't forget to check out our pals Corey and Mark over at And the Podcast Will Rock. We owe our format and inspiration for this podcast entirely to them. We'll be back with you next week to spin up another song from this wonderfully diverse catalog. Stay tuned. Brand new angle, highly commendable. Seaside Park with you. Seaside Park with you. Give us a kiss. Seaside Park with you. I'm not giving you a kiss. I'm just a musical prostitute, my dear.